The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Hong Kong is uh, pushing for this full reopening, whether or not that lasts. Let's discuss all that with Sam Lakonu, co-founder and CIO of Stonehorn Global Partners, with us in our Hong Kong studio. So, Sam, a lot to discuss on the global front, but let's start with Hong Kong because the dismantling of hotel quarantine business is now pushing for a full reopening. How much does this thing? How do, much does this change things for uh, Hong Kong? Yeah, good morning. It's one of those things where it's definitely a step in the right direction. Um, I still think that there is the communication of what's required for a full unconditional reopening. Just having discussions over the weekend and people coming to Hong Kong in the near future, um, there's still things that were required to be done. So I think that COVID um, is essentially obviously coming down here in, in Hong Kong. You can see that with the, the statistics, but it, the economy has been hurt. Um, it's been hurt in China as well. Um, and a whole reopening, I think, will uh, remove some of the anxiety that's caused with the, uh, the lockdowns that have, have been in place. When it comes to mainland China, stock investors very much looking to capitalise on any potential policy shifts at the Communist Party Congress next month. Do you think it is likely we will see a pivot away from dynamic zero and, and of course, how much that changes the outlook for China's economy? Yeah, the 20th Party Congress is the most important meeting in China for the last decade. It is so fundamentally important for the Politburo to get the right people in. And there's an arm wrestle within the uh, Communist Party at the moment in terms of opening up and those who are sort of leaning towards the historical sort of ideologies as well. So something like COVID has been devastating to the um, to the, the underlying macroeconomy and lifting it is something which they need to prioritise. And in fact, economic policy needs to be prioritised over sort of p- political sort of internal uh, issues that they're facing at the moment. So this 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 meeting can not come too soon. It's such a fundamentally important one, and then they really have to get on with it because the economy is is faltering. It's not just the COVID policy; it's a property crisis as well. Where do you look for, I guess, kind of uh, exposure to stocks that might either benefit from the reopening or some support for the policy for the property sector? Yeah, it's a really good question. The property sector is something which has been induced. So they had the three red lines policy, trying to get property developers to deleverage starting from about three years ago. So you'd expect them to have you know, a, a firm grip on this, but I think they've underestimated um, the issue. And, and the issue, I say, is uh, consumer confidence. Um, the policies that China's putting in place are really supply side. They're, there's plenty of uh, abundant liquidity. They're lowering the, uh, the various um, loan prime rates and medium-term lending facilities. So they're adding the liquidity and cutting cutting interest rates. But people still aren't going out and spending, and they're certainly not p- purchasing property at, the, at, at this point. And that's a real issue because the oversupply is something like about two million dollar, uh, two two million rather units of, of unfinished um, inventory and. Unless that clears, you're not going to have people come out because they're worried that the property price is going to continue to decline. So it's a really tricky one at the moment for China. And do we continue to see weakness in, say, the MSCI China index, which is down about 20% this quarter versus a loss of less than 5% for global stocks? 
Yeah, it's fundamental valuations are the most important thing. And, you know, with the Hang Seng Index at around about 18,000, and, and it's it's just one of those things where you're at sort of 2011 lows. And you can pick up these um, tech names and Chinese sort of internet names at record low valuations. So that's the most important thing is to try to put everything into perspective. Obviously, there's a lot of negative sentiment. There's a lot of um, issues in regards to consumer confidence. But we're seeing that these valuations are almost at record lows. Um, and that's what we're focusing our attention on. A lot of the Fed hikes uh, momentum is really boosting dollar, as we know. Is there a concern that we could see a reprise of financial crisis level stress for Asian currencies? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, we've been looking through that and Asia in itself, there are the vast majority of MSCI Asia X Japan are in current account surpluses. So it's not essentially the same as it was in 1997. And also, if you look at the excess foreign debt, so US denominated debt is much lower as well. But Whenever you have a situation like this where there's a bit of a crisis and confidence, you will see a rush to quality, and that's the US dollar, um, you know, the international traded um, exchange rate. So there are uh, pockets of concern. The rupee in India has depreciated to all-time lows. Um, you've got some other markets which are more commodity-based, like in Indonesia, but they are running a uh, slight current account surplus. And in other countries which are benefiting from uh, the manufacturing sector, such as uh, the Vietnamese Dong, um, is holding up relatively well. So across Asia, you'd expect emerging markets to have a big sell-off in currencies. We're seeing that, uh, but not to the extent that you'd expect. You say global tightening is tough, but it is necessary. Do you agree with what Raphael Bostic uh, told CBS that the US economy still is strong because of that strong labour market? And I guess to that point, how much of a downturn could we see? I think it's a little bit more than that. I think the, the, the US market is strong because there's confidence and that confidence comes because people are happy to have their capital there. Um, that's where China's really failing. If anything, I think the US has underestimated China for, for a period of time, and now China's underestimated the US. Um, and what you have is a real disruption in that confidence. So the US market will continue to be strong. They're bringing jobs home. Um, obviously, the inflation effect is, 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 is an impact. But long term, um, I think you'll see more people uh, happy to do business in the US. And the US, I think, are, are winning over these sort of uh, supply chain constraints and disruptions that are occurring through um, tariff and protectionism, et cetera. These policies are, are essentially working and, and they're weakening China. So we, we, we wait and look to see what concessions China will make and what mm. the new era of China will look like. So perhaps a bigger global headwind then is the energy crisis and, of course, what we've been seeing in the UK as well. How much of a of a reaction could we see from, from what we saw in the pound and these tax cuts, the implications more globally there? Yeah, so I think the supply issues are going to continue. Um, you know, we still need a lot more money spent in renewable energy. Um, China's got their own policies, essentially, that they look to do, like the new goals, the new measures and the national determined contributions and, and, and favouring solar is their big area. Um, but I just feel that right now that the China has, uh, the economy has so many other issues that it, they're not prioritising these things. Um, and over time, you know, um, we'll see what happens. The, the issue with the fossil fuels, so you look at oil, gas, uh, coal in particular, which is used um, in IPPs, have all gone up significantly, but now are starting to drop off a little bit. So we'll see where, where, where they settle. And obviously what's happening in, the, in, in Europe is a big issue in, on these underlying commodities. So are you of the, the class that is gaining more momentum that uh, the School of Thought, I should say, that we should be looking now at uh, 
cuts to 2023 growth forecasts for China as well. I mean, forget 2022, which we know is not going to meet anywhere near their growth target. Does 2023 also look very shaky? It depends what they do after the, the Congress meeting. So it really depends on what policies they have and, and what their um, priority are, is as well. So they need to focus on economic policy. Um, right now, China is at a massive uh, crossroads and, and they have the control to make the right decisions um, and they need to obviously see and, and work out where do they sit in, in, in this new world order. order right? they, they were the... Uh, export nation of the world. Uh, they entered the WTO in 2001, but now they're moving up the supply chain and putting out, you know, sophisticated capital goods. What do they look like in the future, and what policies will help them in a in a in an export nation? Um, so it really depends. Like I've never seen it this this sort of like a two way. Yeah. All right, Sam. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Sam Lakornu is co-founder and CIO of Stonehorn Global Partners with us in our Hong Kong studio here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.